Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting absolutely blitzed together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going back to the start of season one. We started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober or sober curious lifestyle to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have loads of fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Hello. That was a lovely hello, Alex. I know, I had to lift myself up because I've been a bit like, I've been weird, Anna, today. Yeah, you actually have. Like, shall we discuss the fact that before you just said that beautiful hello, that you was like, I can't even be asked talking today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And I am going to have to do a bit of fake it till I make it today, I think, because I'm just like... I think it's because, right, I've not felt well all last week. I felt really pissed off that it was half term and I didn't get to do the things that I wanted to do with my kids because I was too busy yeah. sorry for myself. I've still got a cough, which is actually doing my head in, and it's impacted my fitness. That's like, how dare it? It's so frustrating, isn't it? It was last week because, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't do the B-fit on Monday, did I? And then... And then, like, Tuesday, I didn't do my run. And then I was, like, I was doing a, a beginner's thing. You know, like, those times when we used to first do Be Fit and you wouldn't put any effort in, but you'd pretend you were doing stuff? Yes, I know that very well. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday last week. Um, so I kind of only just about feel back to normal. I, although I did have a really good run yesterday. Like I did my best time in forever yesterday. So I don't I know. know. Super speedy. I'm actually really with you and I don't think you're on your own. And I bet people listening will kind of feel the same. And I wonder if it has got a lot to do with the time of year. I saw, That's you know, like how you get Facebook memories come up. And one of my Facebook memories was me going out for a walk with um or with Jeffrey, who's oh. no longer with us. Jeffrey's but- Lisa's dog, if you've not listened to the other ones. He was Lisa's dog and he was just oh my little boy called him scraggy old Jeffrey. He was just- no, he was so lovely. But on this Facebook memory, um I am saying you can't change who you are but you can change what's in your head. So I know for a fact I would have only put something like that if I was feeling crappy. So I've clearly gone out for a walk and I've gone, right, come on, Lisa. I've done that good old thing where I kind of fist pump myself. Point in the year, the winter. Yeah, well, that's what I suppose I'm long-windedly trying to get at is that that was this time last year. So again, we're all feeling a little bit like this. The clocks have gone back. It's dark. It's cold. It it feels like it's crept up on us a little bit because our summer lasted a little bit longer. Um, so I do think that has a lot to do with it, you know. Do you know what? It's weird, isn't it? Because today's guest has written a book actually about this, weirdly. And I know we didn't even intend to go down this road, but I wonder if there are seasonal changes with everything, you know, like, with your mood, with your... Absolutely. No, I know for a fact that I always feel a little bit sadder in the winter. Yeah. 
And I don't necessarily know why, because I'm not particularly, I'm not outdoorsy like you are. It don't, and for you, it doesn't even affect you. You still go out just as much, don't you? But well, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say winter doesn't affect me because it massively does. Winter does. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, really, you don't care whether it's raining or dark. You'll still go out is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. And I think, can I throw in a top tip here? Yeah, <laughs> because, and I say this every about, year, I think. Buying my clothes here. Yeah. Yeah, go there. You go squeezing in with my top tip. she told me this and in fact I'll tell you something in a minute but it's true right I think it's so important that for many of us the ones that those of us that do live in the UK it gets cold in winter right so I don't know why it's not in breading us to buy the right equipment for winter so mm. we know it's going to get cold so buy waterproofs because it is going to rain there's no doubt about it it is going to rain especially if you're in the north it rains a lot so waterproofs and layers and warm clothes is really yeah. essential like when I go to work if somebody if I was going in my work clothes and somebody said, do you fancy a walk around the lake? I would hate it. I would absolutely hate it. And the reason I would hate it is because I wouldn't be dressed right for it. Yeah. So if I went home, put on my nice warm clothes and my waterproofs and you do a deep breath and you can get out and we can still embrace nature and enjoy it. So yeah, top tip, buy winter clothes. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about actually, because this weekend coming up, which if you are listening to this on the day of release, it will be the day of this walk, um, which is bonfire night, 2022. Yes. And I am one of about 12 people doing a Surrey three peak walk, um, and I know the area quite well because I've spent a lot of years down in the south. But I am not quite prepared, I don't think, for the hill walks, right? It's three big hills. Yeah. Now, we know that the south doesn't have hills like the north has. They're not quite the same. But I think that's a problem for us because one of our members was saying, oh, I thought the south was flat. And I'm telling you, I've done two of these hills out of the three before. They're not flat. Right, yeah. they are not flat. So I think we get it in our heads that oh, it's not, it's not going to be that hard because I've done Snowden or oh, because I've been to the Lake District. But actually, it's a twenty-seven mile walk, and half of it's uphill. It's got to be. You know what? I am I'm actually fighting with myself here, right? Because I know that it's going to be tough. But <laughs> and I don't know why I want to do it. But you know, when I did the three the Yorkshire Three Peaks. Yeah. I really want to say to you about, I want you to do this, the Surrey Three Peaks. And then when, afterwards, I want to say, so Alex went for a little walk at the weekend. Like what you did after I'd done the Yorkshire Three Peaks. And I was like, a walk? A walk? It was <laughs> not a walk. How <laughs> was that one? Do you remember? I just want, I'm just, I'm, genuinely, I'm curious. I want to know if mine's going to be anything like it. I think it's going to be tough, Alex, definitely. I've you done a lot of training, you know that. But people keep telling me, like my PT, you've even said it, I'll be all right because I'm mega fit anyway. But I haven't done any walking training particularly, and maybe I should have done. Yeah, I, I think so. I definitely felt it when I did it because I'd not um, done it. So well, basically... you training for your little walk either? <laughs> no, but I did keep getting told it was a big walk. Um, you know what, actually, before I did the three peaks, somebody said to me, um, I'd asked this guy and I said, have you ever done this? And he went, no, I've not done it. He said, but I did train somebody once and we went up and down this hill about, 
I don't know, loads of times he said he ended up throwing up, he did this, and I thought, what? You need to do training where you're throwing up. I think that's a bit excessive. The Yorkshire Three Peaks is actually 24 miles. About the same then, isn't it? And it's 5,200 feet of ascent. I don't know what this is and I'm not looking. I'm just going to turn up, I'm going to do it. And then I'm probably going to cry. And I'm playing the organ the day after, which originally I'd taken off as a holiday, but I really like the hymns that are being played. So I want to play it. I just hope I can move my legs on the pedals. Oh, no, you'll be absolutely fine. You'll smash it. You all will. And you know what? If you don't, you don't. No, that's true. And then there's going to be fireworks at the top of Box Hill and we're having a meal afterwards. So another lovely event. Been loads of events. We just had our brunch again as well, haven't we? We did. Um, also, I just want to say on Saturday, whilst you're doing the hills, I'm actually doing a cold water dip and a walk over um, over Oldham Way. So that should be fun. There's quite a few of us and I have offered to buy cake for everybody. So we're taking, we're taking cake up for those that do it. But yeah, we had our brunch on Saturday, which I do want to talk about because honestly, I get really emotional at these meetups. Yeah, you have become really emotional. I always see you having a little weep in the corner. I, honestly, I just can't believe how incredible they are. Like when we got there on Saturday, I got there a little bit early and I was sat waiting for people. And two of the first people to come in were two of our members. And they've actually met through the membership group and become really, really good friends. And one of them lives in the north and one of them lives down south. So one of our members had come over to stop with her and it was just, you know, to see friendships like that form, real genuine friendships that are formed and they go and do stuff together. And, you know, this Saturday we did something that we don't always do and we all went round and did a little bit of an introduction. Um, And it was just such a really beautiful way to meet each other and socialise. And it made me realise how important Be Sober is, not just to us, but to our members. I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in all the admin side for us sometimes. And when we get meetups like that, it just reaffirms to me how fucking incredible this community is and the people that are in it. I know and we've just got so much on offer as well at the minute, haven't we, for our members? Like we've we've we actually had a little bit of a word with ourselves, didn't we? We were like, come on, what are we doing here? This is not we wanted more than this, and we've given ourselves a yeah. little we've done We bit. have because it was so important to us. The membership in particular is really important to us. It's the connecting of people, it's doing the events, and it's about the like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy for us to get distracted sometimes. And one of the distractions, I think that we do have a lot is with people that are perhaps just embarking on the sober journey and that kind of without us realizing got us lost with all the idea of like-minded people and we've got so many amazing spaces for people at the beginning of the journey we've got people that are over 12 months sober and I think it's really important to have these spaces for people to connect so people are in in the earlier days can see those in the future doing incredible and loving it but also those that are over 12 months or you know um, years even have that space to talk about stuff because your life changes so much it does it does and I think sometimes like and I feel very much like I was one of these people and I know you do 
at the beginning of my journey, I already, I already knew it was going to be for the long haul. So some people are very much at the beginning of their journey for years, like where they're not quite sure whether it's forever. And then other people are just committed. I'm doing this. This is my life now. And they do need different things, don't they? Absolutely. And I think saying this, actually, um, I, I were talking, I can't even remember who it was who I had this discussion with, but we were talking about people, particularly in the early days, And when sometimes they go into a membership group and they can see people like 12 months, two years, four years, five years down the line, that can be really, really scary for somebody that's in the early days. Because I know that when I stopped drinking, I never, ever stopped with the intention to stop forever. Yeah, yeah. And when when you go into membership groups sometimes and you see people forever and then is there like, you're kind of like, is there this expectation that I'm supposed to stop forever and ever? And that can put you in a really scary place. And I think for us to be so aware of that now, that we've been able to really, you know, like there's the group coaching um, that we have for anybody under 12 months now. So we've, we've kind of got it right, I think. I think so. I think we've finally... For me now, I feel like I know what Be Sober is and it's taken a long while to evolve to this point, but I'm really happy with it and I think you are. Oh, yeah, I love it. The I love fact for me that, that we've got meditation classes coming up and some spiritual stuff is like, honestly, it's making my insides light up. I'm like, I feel like, yes, this is to me what we set out to do. And that was to create a community that brings people together where they're happy to be sober. Like, know, the that's the idea. Yeah, they're happy and you know what this I'm going to be dead honest here um, by we've moved networks so our membership group, social media I know we've come off Facebook and we have gone into something called Mighty Networks now our private membership group so now we've got a really safe space and it's your it's like a sober space and you know what it is ad free a lot of our members have not a lot. That's absolute bollocks. I don't know why we're going to say that. A really, really tiny amount of our members. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of them. They've all gone. No, a really, really small amount of members were not happy with the change. Um, and we've had to kind of say, haven't we? Like, we know it's not going to be for everybody. But that's all right. Is that not all right? Like, I think our big support group on Facebook. And- yeah everybody's welcome at our events. You don't have to be a member to come to our events. So. No, that's it. And it's obviously we've got our special, special events that are happening in, in the yeah, members yeah. only group. And it's really hard because we want to talk about that. But like, really, you only know what's going on if you're a part of it. And especially now we've changed it so much since we've moved networks, as in the way like there's more and more going on all the time. But I think we've now created kind of a space where like, you don't have, we don't force you to be a member. Like, you know, if you think that I've actually gone as far as I can with Be Sober, that's all right. We want to be in it. We want to be what we are to anyone at that time. Yeah. Like if, if you need us to get yourself sober and then you want to go, great, brilliant. You've got what you needed out of it. If you want to stay in there and connect and have that, great. You're getting what you need from it. We, for us, And if you're that, already sober and, you know, you're a few years down the line, but actually it's friendship and connection you want, then bloody get in, come and see us because this is what it's about, isn't it? It really is. And it, it does for everyone very, very quickly, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I'm just dead proud of it. So I'm sorry that weren't meant to be like a plug for membership at all, but I just feel that that brunch on Saturday really reaffirmed it to me how proud I was of, of you and of me and and of how far Be Sober has come and our members, when you see them sat there happily sober, loving it, connecting. Some people cry, some people laugh, some people don't what? talk, some people over talk. It doesn't matter. <laughs> And the beautiful thing was this week, particularly this month, particularly, um, all the brunches were special. Everybody, the ambassadors all fed back that they had beautiful experiences. And I loved our Londoners. All the Southern ambassadors got together in one place this week. Like, oh, it was just beautiful to see. Yeah, they did. And they did a Halloween run as well, which looked incredible. Get on Instagram and follow um, Be Sober London, Surrey, because they're, they're doing some good stuff. Anyway, shall we introduce our guest? Because we have had this person on before, but it's yes, been a long, long while. Yes. So we have got the lovely Kate Bailey from um, Love Sober. So Kate is a certified sobriety and wellbeing coach. She specializes in behavioral change and addictive habits. Along with Mandy Manners, she is a founder of the Love Sober podcast and together they run an online coaching courses and group coaching events, as well as facilitating training for the coaching academy. Um, I think it's important to mention, actually, before we um say hello to Kate that the conversation this week when we talk to Kate she works mainly with women but we will be talking about some dead important topics that hopefully everybody will relate to so men do not switch off this podcast you never know when you're going to need this I think it's really important conversation that we're going to be having um, and you might need it you know with yourself your partners friends parents whatever so yeah if you're a man do not switch off <laughs> That went really loud as well, so she proper shouted that at you. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Kate. Hello, how are you doing? Really good, thank you. It's been ages. I know. And this is just audio, isn't it? It's not video as well. Yeah, don't worry, the video is just for us to see each other. Oh, good. It won't appear That's all right, end. yeah, because I'm in a bit, I've been, at, um, yeah, rushing around, so I'm, I've done hot yoga uh, emergency hot yoga so I'm really sweaty I'm in the yoga studio at the moment <laughs> I love it so, emergency hot yoga is that in an emergency as in you really needed to do a yeah, yoga session exactly it's like it's got to be now so um yeah yeah oh, nice to see you and you it's yeah. lovely to see you I mean we, we were kind of hoping we'd get the duo but um obviously it's a bit more tricky now isn't it with um it Mom is doing a lot more these days and in separate places yeah it, it is hold on a sec I'm just trying to get my microphone near my if I put this one in I've, it, is this a bit better the sound or is it all right hey, anyway perfectly. Hey, perfectly. okay that's good yeah I mean it was always tricky what with her being in France and also they've got two weeks um half term so she's been all over the place and still on half term with the kids so there's always you know that mum thing and the Brexit thing is always quite challenging. <laughs> it is, it's hard work. Kate, I'm going to go straight in with this, right? Because honestly, the new book. Oh, sorry, amazing. I can't hear out of that one. Go on. Just, yeah, just go saying, on. the new book looks amazing. Um, tell us about it. Like, 
the, the idea of it um, and being, yeah, having seasonal sort of, we just had a little chat actually. So we were talking mm. about how even, forget sobriety for a minute, there's just mm. seasonal changes, aren't the full stop in life, you know, particularly at this time of year, for me, I feel like flat. I feel a little bit kind of lethargic. Illnesses are mm. kicking in. Don't like the dark nights. Lisa was saying the same. It's just a bit bleh. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, are we recording now? Yeah, well, let's go for it. Uh, oh, I didn't know whether we were on or not. Or Yeah, <laughs> but we're not yet, but we're about to. We like to keep it authentic, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're on. We're already on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, there are, aren't there? There's, I think there's a couple of ways to approach this with the through the sober lens. But, and I guess the way I feel about it, I've always been into kind of seasons and nature. That's, been, that's always been a big, big part of my life, you know, even before. Um, but I think, you know, that, that when we become sober we uh, for me it's very much about starting it wasn't at the beginning it's just like I don't want to have a hangover I know it's a problem but as it's gone on over the years it's been about intentional living and tuning into things and seeing and widening the perspective and deepening perspective as well um in terms of like what how we really want to live like what's actually really going to serve us you know and part of that you know is having that different toolkit each season like you were saying you know the you know if I love this time of year so I'm like super happy that I've got my pumpkin colored jumper on I've been hanging up my lights I'm like such a kid in autumn um Manti gets really down in autumn you know it's that seasonal affective stuff that that essentially affects her on a, a physical level and a mental level. So it's about kind of going, oh, there is a shift, there is a change, that is all real. And then what do I want to adapt and put in place so that I can look after myself, essentially, isn't it? I like that. I like that you said it is all real because that's something, you know, people question, isn't it? Like for the last few weeks, I've been saying to Alex and we spoke about it in the last episode, actually, that I've, I wasn't feeling myself at all. And I'm like, can that be the season? Do you think? Yeah, I do. And I think it's, we feel how we feel and then it's good to kind of go, oh, I wonder what that is. It's almost like you collect data, isn't it? It's like, yeah, well, to explore it. Well, yeah, to, and it could be, couldn't it? And I, and I think that's another thing with the kind of, the, if you widen that kind of lens a little bit and something that we talk in books, so you've got smaller cycles, daily cycles, we've got cycles of weeks, we've got monthly, we've got our menstrual cycles, and we've also got our cycles of life as women. So, you know, I know for me, there was that sort of that autumn sense um, and that, that kind of perimenopause thing where your cycles are shifting and cycles of be becoming a mother, you know, and all of these things are really impactful. And also around that time, we find women's, um, so obviously mental health tends to suffer um, and also, um yeah, and so you have alcohol use disorders and addictive behaviours spike as well. So we, we need to look after our transitions, don't we, and our kind of inner seasons and, and sens sensory needs, I guess, physical needs. 
I like the idea of collecting data as well, Kate. It's literally just what we've been talking about. I was saying like last, I, I saw a, a Facebook memory pop up and I felt the exact same as I do this year, last year. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, it must be the time of year. So I think things like when you talk about toolboxes, journaling is a big part of this. Yeah. Would you recommend that? Mm, yeah I think any kind of like reflective practice what whatever suits you really whatever rhythm um but but having carved I mean I think fundamentally it's don't get me started on boundaries that's my big thing at the moment but, um, <laughs> oh come on get started oh, yeah. well boundaries sorry let's have a boundary rant let's do it Kate. yeah well it, this is about you know self-care and creating space carving out space um to reflect is really really important it's a really important boundary so like lisa said you can collect data about what is working and what isn't and then you can move forward intentionally with choices that are going to serve you better so essentially those that that you know we've got a lot of journaling uh, prompts in the book and we are inviting people to carve out that that reflective time and that could be like you know it can be a yo- like a yoga practice as well, or maybe it's just, um, you know, maybe you work with a therapist, maybe you work with a coach. Those are reflective opportunities to reflect, aren't they? A walk in nature, just to let everything go quiet, is is a really important boundary for our mental health. Um, and collecting that data and then deciding what to do with it, as, as Lisa just said. Yeah, it's the deciding what to do with it, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, whether we do it or not. <laughs> on on the um, group coaching last night, this is something we were talking about actually. And having loads of tools in your toolbox, which a lot a lot of us have, especially the further along your journey you go. But often people aren't aware that those tools are there to serve a specific purpose. So somebody might get a craving and go and have a bath, but actually that's not what they need. And it's mm. having that awareness of. Look, let's not just pull everything out of the toolbox. Let's know what to pull out of the toolbox in what situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you're lonely, yeah. don't go and have a bath. You're just wet and lonely. Don't connect. Yeah. With yeah. Exactly. And, and it, it's it's that for me that made the biggest shift. Um, and I wonder whether mm. that's kind of the same as you were saying before in the seasons that maybe right now. That is a problem for me. I feel quite disconnected. I feel mm. a little bit more isolated. Not quite sure why, and maybe that isn't even important because I've still got the same people around me, but mm. I just think it's harder to do things in the winter. Not everybody feels mm. like that. I find it difficult to drag myself out and to mm. make an effort. And that you just... need a toolbox detox. Yeah. Mm. A good yeah, you do. Out. No, get, get the label machine out. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's like my mum always puts her, um, you know, put all the summer dresses up in the loft and gets out the, the jumpers. You I know, it's that. that, isn't it? It's just that adjusting. And like you said, Alex, it's, it's essentially, because I think that's what we do, isn't it, in the early days as well. We're like, okay, so I'm not going to drink, so I've got to get, we don't actually know what works and we don't know what, what doesn't so we've got to explore it for a start and then I think what happens is you get better at identifying the need it's like building a language like we get to know ourselves because we're not numbing out we're not numbing out 
those genuine needs of loneliness or tiredness or pain, essentially, whatever it is, or, or nerves if we're going out. And so it's like, okay, we get a fighting chance at, at learning to meet that need appropriately. And that involves quite, I think that involves quite a lot of trial and error and just going, nah, that was the shit tool for that purpose. Yeah. Oh, like you said, don't get wet and lonely. Like, what is it? What maybe you're needing to kind of spark up rather than relax. Because there's that the what what I'm very interested in, and we cover this a lot in the book foundation I think of the way I coach now is the the nervous system piece you know it's like what is happening in your nervous system right are you in are you a bit activated fight flight stressy okay so no you're going to need tools to bring you down or are you hypo aroused are you low is it that low energy is that tired is it that you know lonely okay so those are the things we need to work with pepping up you know moving getting that light in there. So it's really kind of almost quite useful to identify where you are on that kind of arousal state. Yeah, that can give you, because the feelings can get very confusing, I think. Oh, I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think yeah. sometimes you think you're, you know, you, you think you're anxious and actually it's not anxiety at all. It's something you're really angry. Angry or frustrated, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, or just busy. Like, let's just yeah. like, let's name something to what it is. Just over, yeah, not even just, I don't mean just in that term, mm. but overwhelmed, busy, so much going on that you, yeah. you can't get everything, all your kind of ducks in line to prioritise what needs doing now. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of, we talk about this a lot in our workshops as well. You know, there's, there's yeah. tools that you can use to help you do that, but you can't mm. even start with the tools if you can't identify what's wrong. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we have to be really um, compassionate about that. And also that goes back to carving out space and giving us time to process and to identify. I think that's really, really important. Um, and I feel like I go back to this and we t- I talk about this in the, I think it might be in, in winter um, or it could be in autumn, I'm not sure, in that section of the book about like diary is the weapon of choice, you know, because we're going into that. We might be feeling at a lower ebb, but also we there might be that spectre of kind of Christmas looming where we think well, we've got to kind of be forced out to connect in really hyper-social ways and the, the old wine witch will start, start off as well. So we could be like, having a a lot of different kind of pressures on us and not quite understanding. So like that opportunity just to sort of carve out, do a bit of journaling, have a chat with a sober group and just say, well, look, let's have a little bit of a plan. Let's let's just take a bit of a a pause. Let's try and identify what what it is, like you're saying, like you do with your groups. And then let's let's have a little bit of a plan on what we want to fill fill our space with. What what do we want our next season to look like? And we begin each season in the book with actually what are the lovely bits about this season? What might be the triggers of this season? And then how do we actually want it to look? And we go actually maybe you don't have to keep going around the old routines or keep the old rituals and you can you can change it up a bit and and be a bit more intentional you know to in line with what you need do you find socializing stressful Kate on a personal level depends what it is I very much part of a big part of my recovery is to reframe what social actually is 
So instead of that shoehorning myself into face-to-face conversations with people that I do find really draining because I um I do identify as neurodivergent. So I have that real, oh, you know, that's quite difficult for me to maintain focus on what people are saying. And then I, I get a bit triggered. So that was definitely, so I get, but knowing about, you know, connecting through uh, doing activities with people or, you know, doing yoga and then having a cup of tea afterwards, knowing that I need to keep it short, you know, what's your social window? Oh, really? I've had enough after two hours. That's fine. And people get used to it as well. Because the other thing is the people pleasing, you know, when you've spent a lot of time masking, don't you? That could be just because we're people pleasing because of old stuff, or it could be that we are highly sensitive or maybe when you're a divergent you know you get used to masking a lot and when you I think when you've been alcohol free for a while you can't mask (laughs) anymore you know what I'm done with it and why should I so so you can adapt can't you You can adapt your socializing weird isn't that Lisa because we were saying we've just realized I don't know whether it's our age or our sobriety or a combination of both but neither of us have got a filter anymore like this, oh, no. awful. Like there's no tolerance for rude people anymore. Or you get a bullshit filter. And I just do. I don't excuse myself anymore. Like if somebody says, "Do you want to do this?" No. And I really do use no as a complete sentence. I love it. <gasps> there's a boundary. <laughs> I I think that's something that happened quite early on in sobriety for me was starting yeah. to say no to things like really quite quickly I started to realize that I wasn't enjoying literally anything that I had been doing mm. <laughs> so I, I had to get to grips with saying no as a complete sentence really quickly and then my people pleasing nature had to find a way like, like to make no into a complete sentence because yeah. I was forever and it was exhausting trying to think of reasons or to make somebody feel better that mm. I'm saying no when they're probably not even that but it was like a massive overthinking of you're, trying you're to say no you're good at that and I've learned this from you Lisa and I don't even know if you even know this but one of the <laughs> things that you do is if I say to Lisa are you busy on such a day I now automatically will say, before you answer, this is why I want to know. And I'll tell her what it is I want from her. And then mm. she has a real sort of look at it and can go, well, I don't want to do that. So, yeah, yeah. I'm busy or whatever. And Because it's sneaky, is it? When people say to you, are you free on such a day? Like, well, I don't know whether it I depends. want to be free on that. You tell yeah. me what you want first. Yeah, yes. so true. <laughs> it's, and it's so like, sneaky. <laughs> yeah. You need to know, you need to, I love that. It's like real kind of clear communication so that you've got all of the information and then you can decide whether you're going to prioritize that yeah. or agree to it. And I love it. That's such good boundaries. Well done, guys. We'll take that val- outside validation. <laughs> We'll get back to our chat shortly, but first let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. We don't want to bombard you with everything we do because it's absolutely loads. This week we're going to tell you about our membership group and what's going on in there. We have tons of online and face-to-face events coming up, including a stretch to de-stress workshop, meditation workshops, creative writing, sharing circles and journaling. There is group coaching, mocktail Mondays, book clubs, body-mind balancing and all the usual drop-ins. It's time to feel good about quitting drinking. 
So instead of spending your money getting wasted this weekend, go to our website, check out our VSOBA membership, which will actually change your life. Do yourself a favour, invest in yourself. I love you, say, you do say no a lot, don't you, Lisa, now? Yeah, I, I, I say no before I say yeah now. Sometimes I say no because to just give me thinking time. Mm. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, actually, I would quite like to do that. I, I, do. I feel, and we spoke about this once um, a while ago, but and I called it, probably wrongly, um, commitment phobia. So I, fe- I, I find it really hard to commit to things in the future because, I don't know, something better might come up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> but I don't like it. Like looking at my calendar, and and we've had to have a calendar because of us working together. And obviously, I've got another job, and then I've got a family calendar. And but before actually be sober, I never had a calendar because they scare me. I hate feeling like mm. committed to everything in it. But I, I am getting a little bit better. And I that. can't live without a calendar. Like. No, do not land anything on me. I'm so not. I really believed, Kate, that I was a spontaneous person, right? I believed this for 40 years, that I was a spontaneous, happy-go-lucky kind of person. And what I've realised in literally the last couple of years is I'm not. I just will appear to be because I will say, let's go here. But I dwell on that for ages before I sort of announce that that's what I want to (laughs) do. And if somebody dares to out of the blue me like that, I'm like, no, we can't do that. No, I need a plan. I need to know what's happening, when, where, why. (laughs) Spontaneous at all. I'm really surprised by it. Yeah, I'm quite spontaneous, I think. I struggle with plans. Like if me and Alex are arranging something, I'm happy to not even talk about it until the morning. And then I will search the postcode in the morning. Well, just as I'm setting off, I'll just tap it into my phone. That's what I do. Mm. Whereas Alex will kind of be like, right, what time are we setting off? Where should we park? What should we do? And I'm like, (gasps) stop. Stop, I can't do it. But then if somebody says to me, like, oh, should we jet off air? I'll look around and I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I've never that person who asked that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. But I'm sure you and Mandy find that as well when you're working together. Actually, your differences can be really good. Mm. It can hold yeah. you together because... You know, we, we did um we did an article actually recently for somebody working together and find and how we've evolved. And like we, you know, as you know, we've been best friends forever, well over thirty years now. But working together has been our most challenging time and most rewarding equally. Mm. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you find your differences help? Do they hinder? I think it's like you said it, it's funny isn't it it's a lot a bit like um it's a bit like a marriage yeah it, <laughs> you it know is. and evolving that that kind of and that I think a secret of of that as well is is that kind of playing to strength knowing the weaknesses and knowing the trigger points and playing to the strengths isn't it and I think you know what was the real kind of kind of gold of Mandy and I working together is was that it was our differences um and our different vantage points so so for example so Mandy very much came from her sober journey sort of came from that kind of um mental health focus and you know trauma um kind of 
recovery, if you like. And my sort of focus was very much that kind of expression, creativity, self-care. Um, that was my path. So together, it was almost like that kind of yin and yang, you know, we always said that, that kind of that balance. And I think that when we work at our best, it's when those are a complementary skill sets, you know. But like you said, you know, well done, because part of that as well, like you obviously have a massive history together. Um, so Mandy and I were, we met in recovery and that is really challenging as well because you're both working on your own shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're working it's out your boundaries, you're recovering. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, I just think recovery friendships are so beautiful so unbelievably beautiful yeah but they really are they're really on their own in terms of the kind of caliber and depth that you kind of go through I think um and the kind of risks that you take because of work together um because of that kind of you know I was uh, remember uh, on soberistas I think someone said about you know if you're trying to get sober and trying to get sober and stuff uh, at some point kind of misery and opportunity collides and you get your little window and you're like I'm going to go for it this time right I'm going to I'm going to do the sober thing and it can you can be catching like catching a flame and I feel like that almost about the sober friendships it's like there's a need there and there's this passion there as well because you you're working on something that's really well it's a kind of matter of life and death really isn't it often for people so those bonds that we make are you know they're deep aren't they they're deep and they're precious we're yeah, we have and I think it's kind of I think it's a really important subject actually about Mm. the friendships because particularly like I'm in my 40s Alex you are now and I remember when I stopped drinking one of the biggest biggest fears that I had was my social life because I thought I was social I never realized that I was actually an (laughs) introvert um which many of us find out but I was so frightened of being on my own and I was which is a lot of why how Be Sober came about Mm. in the first place it was because I literally spent so much time on my own and I was really frightened of friendships um whether it be things for, that had happened in my teenage years I'd never really had like trusty friendship groups it was all revolved around alcohol apart from Alex well mine and Alex's were revolved around alcohol so it's you know um yeah. and I was so frightened that I wouldn't know how to make friends mm. um yeah. Because I would go out and drink and then I would make friends and I would get on with people and I'd make a new best friend in the toilet and then I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do this. We've got so much in common. And then I would go home, wake up full of shame, regret, wanting to like absolute forget everything that happened. But a part of me used to get so mad with myself that I didn't follow the friendships through that I'd made the night before because I was too scared. I was too nervous to Mm. meet people like that. So I think, you know, when I stopped drinking and there was the opportunity to make friends, I still find it hard now and I find it very easy to host events. You know, if I'm like, if when we do the Manchester brunch, for instance, it's very easy for me to go and make sure everybody's all right and then I kind of walk away. But I'd, I perhaps sometimes miss that genuine new connections. Mm. And I, But it is possible, isn't it, to make friends when you stop yeah. drinking, I suppose I'm trying to get to. 
with yeah. also kind of saying maybe I don't I think I know what you mean because I was talking to someone about this the other day and I have made I've been very good at avoiding being in groups right but yeah. I've not but however I host a lot of groups yeah. but it's like it's fine if I've got a role and I know what I'm doing and again I think so that's so similar the neurodivergence for me is like it's quite you know aspergesy it's like if as long as I know what I'm doing and I've got a role yeah. then that's fine I know the rules I know the rules of engagement right but having I did um I was saying to oh, I know it was it was so beloved radical my friend Nancy who's local to me and she we were talking about it and I said I did and Alsett Johnson's writing course recently she wrote drink I, I don't know if you've ever had her on the podcast but she's awesome and um she, yeah so she does this um this writing course based out of Canada writing your recovery and I Oh my goodness, it's the first time that I'd been a kind of a joining, joining, uh, you know, in a group yeah. rather than, and I didn't know what I was doing. I, my imposter syndrome went through the roof. I was like, am I trying to be star pupil? Um, if I got any kind of good feedback about writing, I'd feel guilty. I think I'm taking up space. Honestly, it was such a good mirror for me to go, oh, okay, all my boundaries, actually. I thought I was like, yeah. I, I was like, you know what? I'm really cracking this. I'm doing all right. I'm managing to socialize. I was like, no, not in a group. Groups I find practically I find impossible. One-to-one, I'm fine. But groups, my goodness, I'm like a baby. Still. I'm a bit like that. And I'm always trying to be funny. You know, like I need to come out with funny stuff all the time. And I'm like, why? Why do I have Shut to up. do that? To be fair, Lucy, you are pretty funny. You don't try to. Thanks, but, fella. Oh, bless you. You are. Hey, tell us, um, tell us a little bit more about your new book and, you know, who is it aimed at? And there's a couple of kind of loaded stat questions here that I'd like to get. Mm. You mainly work with women. Yeah. So the first thing I want to know is, is the book only for women? And then anything else you can tell us about it? I think, you know, if you're, well, you know, I was speaking the other day to Sam Goldfinch. Um, they do pump pump up the present or something. Sam, he's a sober coach for men. Yeah, um, yeah. And he loved, he loved the book because he's very much into that kind of nurture, nature, um, you know, well-being and quite meditative. So I think for for men, if you're if you're no luck, if you're a bit into yoga, or you're more of that kind of, um, I don't want to just be like stereotypical about it and say male or female, because you know if you've got if it if you like that shit, you're gonna like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spiritual. Sorry, would you yeah. say spiritual? I would say, and also, well, it's that. <laughs> It's that, I don't know if it's spiritual. I think there are, I think we have to look holistically. I think that's what it is. Yeah. It's a holistic approach. So that, you know, takes into account sensory needs and, and mind needs and reflective needs and, you know, all, all of that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think it, I think if I'm just going to get off that fence there for you, I think it probably will appeal to women more. And especially as we do dive into the menstrual cycle. But, you know, you might be well in touch with your female side, might you? Well, you know what, though? I think men need to know about the menstrual cycle and about menopause. Lisa and I were having this conversation yeah, they do. a couple of weeks ago because, yeah. actually, 
Um, I think they just literally think that we, and I am going to be stereotypical. It's not all men. I apologize if you're not one of these men. <clears throat> you know, like women are just psychos. The, the, the hormonal, you're just going, you know, like this very um, blanket statements made about menstrual cycle and about mm. menopause and menopause and a real lack of understanding yes, of there what is. trying to deal with. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it has a, there's a, definitely a serious element to it, isn't there? And I think that's, um, yeah, part of what, what we wanted to set out, what we've always wanted to kind of create and fight for right from the early days me and mandy always said we want a model of sobriety that's for women because yeah. we when we started out and this was like you know i remember this going off 10 years like you know when i first found soberistas and and sort of quit the first time and i was still battling against a lot of that kind of patriarchal kind of language and recovery models that were just for men and if you dared to question anything you were in denial and and i was like you know, so so it so it is something that is stage specific and gender specific and trauma informed was something that needed creating. And yeah. I think that we've moved a long way, haven't we, as the sober community and social media as well, so we can hear our voices and as the collective voices have have spoken, we're now talking differently about recovery and our sober journeys, you know, and that is this being a real and isn't it and it's kind of a bit um like swung the other way so there's loads for women now there's not that much for men I so know, they've got to kind of true. have their little not a little empowerment that's really patronised but almost they need to find out what what they're gonna what, what's gonna work for them as a kind of uh, you know I think model that that I circle of what we were talking about earlier though and again <clears throat> um, I might be speaking out of turn here but we, we do have men in our group um, <clears throat> mainly women as you know like you mentioned earlier Sober Dave he will also have, you know we know from conversations with him mainly women and that is an online yeah. trend I think with this community but I think the thing is here a lot of women recognise that they act preventatively. I think mm. women tend to act preventatively. And what, what we find is that a lot of men who come to us have hit a rock bottom. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. And mm. then they come into this kind of social media type space with their sobriety. And I do think there's still, you know, really heavy stigmatization of that. You know, like for a man, it's quite, well, you're meant to be a boozer. You're meant to go to the mm. your mates. You know, it's quite, I think it's quite difficult for men now. Mm. I do. And I think it's that, that, you know, I think the way in for men is that awareness of mental health. I think that's where people, well, services, well, or lack of um, services and, you know, awareness days. And I think that has started to shift. But I think that's the next thing is, is they've started to say, you know, you see the Samaritans adverts sort of out there just going, you don't have to be alone and da, da, da. So there's little bits of shifts. But then I think they need to go that one step further and link it to alcohol a little bit like yeah, we've done, like with self-care stress release, um, the mummy wine culture bullshit that we've been able to call, haven't we, in the last few years. So the needs that that's those links need to be made for for men. I think they definitely do. You know, my partner works in is a mechanic, so it's quite a male environment, and they they're trying to work on stuff like they've um, they did. 
they did things for gay pride month and they had to wear badges and things like this but alcohol they don't even touch on they do not touch on it and it's such a big part of their work like he doesn't drink but like it does feel stigmatized sometimes you know when he tells mm. people he doesn't they they're still there like what mm, when yeah. we went on his works do last year what a different I'd never realized how much I'd been in a sober bubble until I went into an environment like that and I was like oh I really thought we'd been getting somewhere but actually when you go out into it's not that I I didn't feel like we'd got anywhere at all there was no alcohol free drinks there there were everybody was trying to hand me shots he was like what what do you mean you're not drinking come on come on you're boring and it really threw me back a little bit because Mm -hmm. I'm just immersed myself in sobriety so much but it Mm. drives me insane Kate about workplaces Mm. I just feel like they need to be talking about it so much more if people are advocating mental health whether it be through Mm. yoga teachers or whether it's through you know work talks and things like that they need to be talking about alcohol it's not fair that they're not no it's not I think it's an EDI um issue I think it's yeah that's what it is. It needs to come under the same blanket as that. Right. Can I, what's an EDNI? Equality, sure. diversity, diversity, and inclusion. inclusion. All right. Thank we you. Do, <laughs> that's a, a very much in a corporate world. It would be EDNI. Mm. And, but we do that in all our talks, wherever we yeah. go, we actually say, if you are saying that you are offering a diverse and inclusive environment, you have to offer workplace events that don't revolve around alcohol. Yeah. Simple. Absolutely. Because Black and white. It's not all a recovery community, is it? You know, look. No, it's pregnant. Uh, whatever choice, whatever preference. Cultural. Yeah. It's just missed. You know, I was having a chat. Um, here's my rant now. So, you, you know, I like you have a little bit on boundaries, but here's my rant. Hey, <laughs> um, I have. Uh, Obviously, I've got a six-year-old as well as two older children, and we're quite a close-knit mum and dad group. You know, we go in the playground together, we're all on a WhatsApp chat, and it's really culturally um, and racially... That sounds like torture. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know you don't like WhatsApp, but it is. It's culturally (laughs) and racially diverse. It's a really friendly, beautiful group, yet still the mums in particular will not go out on a night out Unless it's somewhere that serves alcohol, which instantly, instantly, it doesn't exclude me because I'll still go, but it instantly excludes three of our women Mm. who cannot sit in in an uh, establishment, institution, and institution. Might as well be. I'll go there. In an an establishment (laughs) that serves alcohol, they can't, they, they, they are religiously their interpretation mm. of their religion means that they can't do that. Mm. And yet people aren't, uh, even that group, I'd love to think it's diverse, mm. but it's certainly not inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah I agree. Part. Yeah. Do you know, I had a different um, experience. This is like, I, I'm not part of them because then my, my husband got made redundant and I couldn't afford the, um, the fees as we couldn't afford them as family. But I joined this sort of, um, an entrepreneurial women's networking group locally and they're so lovely they're absolutely amazing a lot of real creative a lot of just brilliant women they're doing lots of different things anyway 
I, it didn't take long for me to obviously talk about what I do and love sober. And, and it was like, oh, and within about two weeks, the organiser had put on an alcohol-free wine tasting and vegan cheese night. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It that was just like, so right, we, well, we need to rethink this and we need to make sure we're inclusive. Brilliant. And, every, you know, lots of people went to it. And I was like, you know what? That is that is responsive. I love that. It was like, okay, you might not know about that, but now you've got the information. You can then change and respond. And yeah. I love that. Wouldn't you love, though, for this not to be a topic of conversation? Oh, what yeah. would we talk about if it wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it would be useless. How wonderful would it be to rock up at any event yeah. and there oh. literally be a full and diverse menu, a full mm. and diverse drinks choice? Do you know what I mean? Wouldn't that yeah, be? Yeah, you'd probably be dead in heaven or something. Like, it's not going to happen. I'm very hopeful that that might happen. I'm hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like events like that might give sober the boring name. <laughs> no, but do you not think seriously it'd be really good for us to not have to have these conversations of being grateful that somebody's put alcohol mm. for drinks on? Yeah, and well, I mean, for me, for me, is I think there's that wider context, obviously, isn't it that that then you can't be it unless you can see it. You know, often yeah. it's like you've got to see that like possibility in it to be there for people to sometimes exert preferences or feel like they've got they've got that so there's that that kind of responsibility isn't it of venues and corporate kind of responsibility but then for me it's like that um I mean I suppose this is this is my segue back to the book <laughs> is that you are asking telling us where you get yeah. the book as well okay I will do but you know we were talking about you know there is a lot of quit lit out there now thankfully but this book it was not meant as a quit book it's about the maintenance phase of the the addictive cycle and so once we've got some of that you know it helps with the early habit change to make it rewarding make it satisfying make it holistic give us routines and all the rest of it but it's that expanding toolkit and maintenance bit so it feels so good we don't want to go back and so we feel robust and we've got resilience so that's the heart of it (laughs) oh do you know what we are so do you know i genuinely feel so proud of it and like when we were writing it, it was like, was you know, is this is this just kind of too is not the not on message enough almost? It's like, do you need to be more like that? You know, alcohol explained, real message, message, message. And it was like, no, you know, because actually we need to, yeah, have that that feel good, that that sensory stuff. That's something that feels precious and practical, so that we can just. When we start to breathe out, when we exhale just slightly, when the shoulders drop, we've still got something that is relevant and that we can use in a gentler way. You know, that was that was the idea. Honestly, I think it's just what's needed. We say it about be sober, you know, like, yes, we have people who are stuck on the cycle of day one and, you know, that they're, they're on their own journey and they're getting there. But we truly want be sober to be about enjoying your sobriety. Yeah. Finding all those happy moments mm. in sobriety that make you want to stay there, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and, exactly. and to find it in the calm, I think, as well. You know, when you were saying that, I loved listening to that, Kate. As you said, breathe in. I took a right deep breath in and then I dropped my shoulders <sighs> when you said it. And I was like, 
Oh, yeah. sometimes it's just not, you know, like for me particularly, I marched into sobriety. <laughs> like when I marched into cold water, it was like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, me too. And then, you know, it was everything. I submerged myself in it. I splashed myself in it. It was everywhere. But actually, mm. you want to get to that point of like, calm, this is how I'm living. Mm. And I really want to enjoy it and be able to handle this shit that comes. Yeah. Because when yeah. you're throwing yourself in, you can't handle it. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. Have- yeah, you've got to. Yeah, I, I so agree. And I, and I say, we, we wrote a, a bit at the back of the book. Um, you know, so for people who kind of might go, oh, well, that's all just a bit touchy-feely. It's like, so my my absolute passionate belief is that if we've got, if we can identify the kind of gifts and have the tools we can really thrive in the good times and when the shit hits the fan, we've got the resilience and robustness to cope yeah. with it and not go back to drinking, right? And we wrote this book when, I mean, we I had two redundancies. We had all manner of stuff going on within my family. Um, Mandy moved house. Her parents got kicked out of their house and had to relocate. That's a whole other thing. We had Brexit. We had the pandemic. It's like we used every single tool in that book. It might look like it does look beautiful, but it's like it's tools that work. <laughs> yeah, do you know? What? And we know because we sweat blood and tears on that cover. Blood and tears. So hey, we'd love to get your book in our book club. Um, Jane, our book ambassador, our book club ambassador is just writing the program for the next 12 months. Um, so we'll put your book, we'll ask her to put your book up there. I'm not sure if you'd be interested in a little guest appearance at the book club. Oh, we'd love to. Thank yeah. you. And I get oh, Jane to drop you a message. Yeah, we'd love to. Thank you. We're keeping okay. Jane busy, you know. I know, but she wants <laughs> She has asked directly said if you can get me some wonderful authors and some lovely books oh she'd absolutely love it yeah I think your book is right up the the be sober street for those people who want to love being sober so um yeah and it's on Amazon I've seen that anywhere else in the book yes so it's it's in wherever you get your books you know Waterstones it's on Amazon it's in the what's it called I can't remember all the ones but wherever you get your books from it you can you can go and get it online I don't know which bookshops it is sorry is there an audible version yet no we didn't do an audio book with this one because it's a very much a book book the other thing I would say is don't get it on Kindle even if it is a few quid cheaper it's a book book and a book club's book it's can you, can you scribble in it? Can you circle yeah. stuff and fold the pages? I mean, you, can, you could do what you like with it and make it yours, but it's definitely a book book rather than an information Kindle book. Yeah, It's good to have a book book. Can I ask you, Kate, have you seen your book in real life in Waterstones and how did that you, feel? Do you know, I haven't yet. I haven't been out. I've been like you. I've been avoiding going out. <laughs> <laughs> Get someone to has said, no, like, I have. I've someone sent me a photo of it and it's always a, a total pinch me moment when when I see that because, you know, it was, it was, that's the other thing that sobriety gives you, right? It was my dream, my absolute dream. I am a writer. I wasn't a journalist. Um, and it was a dream of mine to get a book and it's hard to get a book deal, right? It's hard to yeah. get a publishing deal. And we got two books now. Love Yourself Sober was the first one. We've She's got this one. As well. And, oh, thank you. And it, and it really is a dream come true. And that's the thing with sobriety is you take that first step, you don't yeah. know where it's going to, you don't know where are you going to end up. 
you don't know what you're going to achieve. You so really don't, do you? It's very exciting. It's oh, you've so, done so exciting. Well, and, that, and I hope that isn't taken in a patronising manner. You have. You've Thank both you. done so well. Oh, um, no, not at all. Well, we have one final question that we ask everybody and we do mm. have to um, attribute this idea to you and Mandy for when we were on the <laughs> Sober podcast and you asked yeah. a love about being sober. We ask, um, what do you most identify with right now and why? Is it be brave, be kind or be sober? Because that's our motto. Mm. Well, I think it's be, be sober. Be sober because the other's because by being sober, you are being kind to yourself and you're being brave because you're doing something against the norm. So I think, yeah, be, being sober because that allows for all the other ones. Yes. Oh, thank you. Kate. Good way to finish. Thank you so much for coming on the thank podcast. Thank you. Um, and yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy the episode when it comes out on Saturday. Oh, amazing. Thank yeah, you. Oh, we're speedy. We don't mess about marching around no. in our sober selves. <laughs> we used to. We used to have like a, a trail of episodes. Mm. We just found that we were getting lost with where we were up to. So now we have to do yeah. them as we release them. <laughs> do you um, do you have American listeners? Or yeah. are you mainly the UK? Yeah. So the book will be out in the States next week, actually. So it's publication dates in, date in the States for your American Oh, you know what I do want to ask? What about Australia? Mm. That's already out, actually. They can get it locally from their shops and Amazon and stuff. They don't have to do the worldwide shipping, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Does USA include Canada? Because there are four main places. USA, Canada, Australia, UK. Yeah, yeah. it'll be out in in, um, Canada the same day as um, the States. Fantastic. Oh, but you just can't wait for everyone to get I, I want a physical copy. I'm Have gonna, you not I'm got one yet? No, we didn't get one yet. Oh, I'll make sure they send you one. I get the publishers to send you one. Oh, that oh, would be I amazing. I can't believe you haven't actually got one. I'm so sorry. That's okay. right. Yeah. A busy time. A busy time. <laughs> yeah. You know I'll, what, I'll Kate? Honestly, yeah. it's been so, so lovely to catch up with you and to see you. It does feel like, it felt like it had been ages, but now mm. it feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So corny, but it does. It does, doesn't it? I know, I know. Oh, we had it's so lovely, lovely times, and I think you know the sober sessions. Well, sober people sessions, still yeah. mention the sober mm. sessions to us all the time. Yeah. It was just it was such a lifesaver for people, wasn't it? it was. And for us, I think, yeah, well, it, it was, was special. It was special. Yeah. We're just like, okay, let's all just. It was that thing, wasn't it? When we couldn't actually connect and we couldn't meet up, it was like, let's find the others. Let's just find the others. That was my yeah, it was feeling so about it. And so it was like it's got a real special feeling of that time and it's like you know when the shit hits the fan like we said create something that's going to help us yeah and we do it for ourselves like you said didn't you as well as sort of trying to help other people it's for us too yeah definitely Um, yeah but yeah so thank you so much right go have a shower or something yeah i need it can you smell me from there right from the south to the north (laughs) we'll see you soon kate love you bye 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 thanks so much for listening to our podcast and don't forget to follow us or subscribe and of course share it with your friends to help spread the be sober love If you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out lots more on our website, besoberofficial.com. So until next time, be brave, be kind and and be sober. sober.